Hey guys, quick note before we get started. Zach was using a new setup and accidentally did not select his good microphone, but instead his internal laptop microphone. So he sounds really bad in this episode and he feels bad about it. Good audio is back next week. X-Men. Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach. And Adam, how are you doing today? I am good. Uh, we are we are safe. We are at home. And uh, uh, it sounds like you are too. We are. We are. Uh, not, that, not that people want to hear more about this, but I feel like we should give a... Uh, Give a timestamp to this episode. Uh, we are recording this on St. Patrick's Day, the, uh, what is it, 17th? Uh, yeah, and uh, we're in the middle of the COVID-19 <laughs> crisis, if you will. You say, okay, you say middle like you know that this is the middle and not the beginning, which is the scary part here. Uh, yeah, we're in it. Let's say that. And uh, we are very disconcerting. Uh, this, yeah, this, this episode uh, goes out on the 23rd. And just knowing how much the world has changed since we recorded our last episode and it came out, um, mm. y'all, this is this is a product of its time, and we're going to try and be happy and healthy. We are both locked down in our homes uh, with our families. We're all safe, and I hope you are too. Uh, if any of you aren't taking this seriously, start taking it seriously. Like, you don't need to – If if a dumb podcast host – is the reason why you have decided to do that? Well, I mean, make better choices, but <laughs> we are all in this together uh, and we'll get through it somehow. Uh, yeah. Uh, and to distract ourselves from uh, the outside world, um, <laughs> what did we decide to talk about this week? Because um, we, we sure could use some X-Men podcast distraction. We sure could. And luckily, a uh, friend of the show, Charlie Davis, uh, has decided to provide that because they went on over to patreon.com slash Xavier Files, threw some money at those Boda boys, and said, guys, I would like you to talk about Peter David's X-Factor. Two-time GLAAD award-winning author Peter David's X-Factor, in fact. You know, I was trying to figure out how long did Peter David write X-Factor for? Like, forever. Well, let's see. Uh, House of M was 2005, 2006, so he started at 2006 and ended in, like, 2016, maybe? 15? No, 16 would have been that. Would have been 14, 15, because he ends this run, and then he does 23 issues of all-new X-Factor. Right. uh, And then he has his original X-Factor Volume 1 run. I'm just... Yeah, uh, he's had... Had did a lot of X Factor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're going to go in chronological order here. Is that our plan? That is our plan, which means we are going to start with the first uh, story that Charlie decided to grace us with today. And that is X Factor Volume 3, numbers 17 through 20, 
Excel. 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 No, Excel, like the program that our list is in, Excel. <laughs> no, like the Microsoft Excel, Corporation makes it. As in there's a, a, a terrorist group in, or a suspected terrorist group in Mutant Town. Are you talking Excel like Dead Cell from the Metal Gear Solid franchise? I don't know what that is. Is that equivalent to this? I mean, this is a, a kid who's been depowered on M-Day um, recruiting a very strange roster of uh, super villains and a unrecognizable Quicksilver, at least to me, um, <laughs> to get into some shenanigans. So I don't want to say Quicksilver is too unrecognizable here based on context, but I see where you're coming from. Uh, to get into this, we need to probably get some backstory. Yeah, that'd so, be great. Yeah. Can you explain Pietro here? Because he's pulling people from different times. He's doing things that usually I just know Pietro goes fast. I don't usually see him doing other things. So guys, buckle up. It's time for Quicksilver's Quick Takes. If I could save time in a bottle... You get that out? I didn't understand a word you said. Can you slow it down a little bit? Yeah, sure. So, at the end of House of M, uh, Pietro Maximoff finds out that he is no longer a mutant thanks to his sister saying no more mutants, which really Pietro kind of manipulated her into doing. It was a whole thing. Uh, everyone's kind of at fault here. Uh, mostly Pietro. Wanda gets a lot of blowback. If she would have been sorry about it later, then maybe people wouldn't blame her so much, but she makes an easy scapegoat here. Anyway, Pietro is really upset about this and decides to go visit his ex-wife, Crystal, in the Inhumans in Adelan. And finds out about uh, the Terrigen Mist. You know, those things that kill mutants. Well, right now they don't kill mutants. Instead, uh, Terrigen Crystals can help repower mutants. Uh, and going through Terrigenesis, essentially, Quicksilver finds out that he can not travel super fast, but just travel through time and essentially replicate his powers, but slightly different and more confusingly, because I guess that's what people wanted these days. So he did that, and then he found out that he could repower mutants during the event Son of M, or the miniseries. But the problem with Son of M, when he went to uh, Genosha to try and repower mutants like Unis the Untouchable, who he repowered and then Unis drowned himself in his own force field again, uh, was that he made their powers super good and made them super sensitive. Uh, so that was bad, and people like Callisto were pretty mad at him for it. So he started hanging around uh, the X-Factor people and doing, doing shenanigans around town. And then this is where he is now. He's kind of this uh, evil guy. He is the nemesis to Layla Miller. She knows stuff. Uh, it's a whole thing. Okay. Thanks. I think I get it now. Uh, <laughs> it, it is very strange to see these like Terrigen crystals coming out of Pietro and, uh, you know, he's repowering mutants through Richter and then those mutants are blowing up. Um, yeah, the mutants, weird the mutants don't here. do a good job with these. Uh, they're bad with their new powers. So let's let's talk about this. Yeah. So we're in we're in mutant town. Mm hmm. Uh, with mm -hmm. the X-Factor investigation scene. By the way, Pad wrote this one. Peter Allen David. Uh, Koi Fom does the art on this, much like Koi Fom does the art on a lot of the Spider-Man bedtime stories that I am reading to my son now. Interesting. I would not have... Yeah, it, that, was, that was a wild one when I flipped. I said, <laughs> oh, I wonder who's on the credits. I bet I don't know anybody. And it's like, okay, Tom DeFalco gets a check for writing a bunch of these. Good for him. Koi Fom? I just read his X-Factor. 
Yeah, he's kind of doing like a Travis Charest kind of thing. Um, I have some major issues with some of his artistic storytelling in this. Um, Fine, fine at conversations, but man, when you get him into fight scenes, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, that part's not great. Uh, So yeah, XL, they're kind of terroristy, and that gets the attention of Val Cooper. Uh, you know, Val, she used to run X-Factor. Right, right. Wow. And uh, she gets Madrox, who um, recently had a um, a dupe kind of like hint that he knew everything and then got himself shot up by the police. Yeah. Uh, at the time, Madrox is on a uh, he is on a quest to reabsorb all of the dupes that he left out into the world and kind of forgot about, mm-hmm. which is fair. And they're weird. They're they're all interesting. This one was the greatest detective. Later on, we're going to encounter one that's like a, a, a priest. <laughs> you're talking about you're talking about Reverend John Maddox. Not in this story, but we're, we're going to get there. Um, and throughout this story, they keep encountering uh, some very interesting depowered villains. So we get a a version of Blob here, um, Callisto, um, Reaper is in this one. <laughs> Reaper with his robot arms. Uh, is this abyss the same as the Draco's abyss? Uh, you're talking about Nightcrawler's brother? Yeah. Yeah, this, yeah, this that's Nightcrawler's brother abyss. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Marrow is here. Um, and love Marrow. Fatal from mm. this is a this is a deep cut X Factor character. This is an X Factor character from the bad X Factor. You know, in the '90s, late '90s X Factor, it was bad. Yeah, I don't remember her. Anyway, she was in Havoc's Brotherhood. You remember when Havoc was a mutant terrorist, and then late years later, he gave Cyclops a hard time for it. I think so. I think so. He has such a he has such a good design in that one. Like he has an all black suit, uh, and when it gets powered up, the concentric circles come out of you know wherever, but they don't follow like standard physics so they don't just like follow the fabric they're just like imprinted on there wherever it is so if like he raises his arm the circle just continues on his arm it's a super cool design i like that yeah uh, and it's not in this this is that's not part of this story though yeah this doesn't yeah. go well for anybody um the repowered xl people start either blowing up or need to get absorbed into abyss um, yeah, into the brimstone dimension where Nightcrawler <laughs> teleports through. He has the brimstone dimension, um, and uh, I don't know, man. I do you like Layla Miller? Layla Miller drives me nuts. Layla Miller knows stuff. Here's here's the truth. I like I like precocious preteen Layla Miller a heck of a lot more than I like mysterious adult Layla Miller. Uh, well, we'll get into that. That's a whole nother issue. We don't. We don't. Okay, I guess we get into one really weird uh, adult Layla Miller thing at the end of this one. But we don't even get into peak weird Layla Miller. I uh, think no. Layla's I think Layla's fine. Uh, she works better as a character throughout this whole thing. But, like, the best Layla Miller to me is the Layla Miller from uh, the first arc of David's X-Factor, where she was weird and used her uh, nose stuff abilities to know stuff and to set elaborate traps for people. That's mm-hmm. always fun. Yeah. Here it's more like uh almost sitcom. Like she's the, <laughs> she's the Olsen twin Urkel of the cast who like, you know, is going to have the, the quippy one liner and it just drives me nuts. I don't know. 
Like, yeah. there doesn't ever seem to be a purpose to her knowing stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of my problem with X Factor in this arc. None of the investigations characters really matter and or do stuff. Um, They're just kind yeah, of it's, there, it's, right? Yeah, it just kind of feels like a nothing story, like an in-between story. And we don't get a lot of character development. We don't get a lot of, um, you know reason for the season if you will like I, I just don't quite get why any of this is meaningful but i mean it's fine but like i said there's some real disconnect once especially once we get into some of these fight scenes with the artwork and i i just don't necessarily connect with what the sequence of events are you know mm-hmm. and there's other issues like the the young boy who's um in charge of excel like goes from being a white character for three issues to an African-American character. And in, in the last issue, like just some weird consistency issues that, that threw me off as I was reading this. And he has never appeared again after he blew up. Yeah, he blew up. So uh, sorry about that little guy. Um, sorry, Elijah. You, you got blown up all three foot, six inches of you. <laughs> yeah. And Pietro, um, I guess expels all of his Terrigen crystals thanks to Richter. Yeah, Richter Richter shakes all the Terrigen crystals out of Pietro. So now he's is he depowered? Or... I mean, at the end at the end of this, he's just sort of moping around in an alley. Ah, that sounds like Pietro. I forget what happens to him. He sorts it out and stops being as much of a jerk for a while, uh, but it still takes a bit. Yeah, I think but... he lies about him being a scroll, and then Hank Pym. You know, noted noted moral high ground haver Hank Pym <laughs> said, "Ah, uh, you seem like you're trying. You're a nice guy. I'm not. I'm not going to make you face the consequences of your actions." Oh boy. Well, there is an underlying uh, plot line here where Layla Miller obviously knows that Scarlet Witch was responsible um, for M Day, and once that's revealed to the evil mutants, that sort of shifts everything. But yeah, then they're really mad at Pietro yeah, for good reason. Uh, that, they're like, wait, 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 you manipulated your sister and then this happened. Well, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah kind of. So it's your fault. It's not yeah. the government. Like you said, this is not a hoax. This was all you. Exactly. Oh, right. He's blaming it. We didn't even mention that. He's blaming it on the government. They, they yeah, were the Pietro- ones that depowered everyone. Pietro Maximoff does go up to a microphone and say, I claim no responsibility for this, uh, which which is a rough rough look for him. Uh, he's, is, he's mostly a bad a guy in this era. <laughs> uh, let's, let's, you you want to put this on our big list? I do. Um, I didn't enjoy this so much. Uh, I think we have, I think we ranked volume three, the first arc, uh, at a pretty good level, right? We did, because we've ranked 342 stories on our ever-expanding, ever-growing, uh, till the heat death of the universe, just, you know, constantly, constantly jumping out at a rate of three stories a week on average. <laughs> so fast. Uh, list, so, so consistent in its growth, which I think is important here. It's like, this is like a very good sourdough starter. You know what you're getting here. Uh, the top story on this list as ranked by our experts being me and Adam, and I guess this one Jay Edidin helped with, so you know it's good, is Dark yeah. Phoenix Saga at number one. Uh, 
At number 100 is Captain America 367, Acts of Vengeance. That time Magneto threw Red Skull in a hole. Uh, number 200 is X-Factor 207-213, Happenings in Vegas. Uh, at number 300 is The Cable Part of Onslaught. And then the Draco that has Nightcrawler's brother and his dad and his other brother, Kiwi Black, in it uh, is at 342. That's right. Uh, this, this is better than... Uh, this is better than happenings in Vegas, I think. Is it? I mean, it's like kind of on the same level, I guess. We we have the first arc of this uh, this volume all the way up at number seventy on our list. It's not nearly that good. Um, oh no, no, no! I like that first arc a lot, even yeah, if it has some yeah. problems. But we're definitely in the right realm. But there are other stories around this that I feel like I would much rather read than that. Than what we just talked about? I mean, I don't know. The okay, Gen X... I'm going to give you... Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to give you a ceiling. It's it's not better than X-Men Black Mojo at 195. Oh, no, I was starting to look down. You're, you're absolutely right. It's not it's not that good. Um, I think like, this is better than 206, though. Uh, Spider-Man and the X-Men 4 through 5. Uh, the part of Spider-Man and the X-Men where Venom takes over the brood. All right. Yeah. It might be might be better than I don't know, man. I'm like at a loss. I I would much rather read Colossus God's Country at 205 than this. I don't know about you. I would probably rather read this than God's Country. Okay. Uh, All right. I'm trying to think. I think this is better than 199 Truth or Death for sure. Okay. Um, new Mutants Truth or Death. That's where the New Mutants yeah, do no, with time travel. Yeah, I remember that. Um, better or worse than Nation X at 198. It's like right on that level. Yeah. It's, it's at the same level as Nation X where it's like, okay. <laughs> How about we put it in between those two? That'll make it our new 199. We can do that. All right. Great. We're in charge here. Yeah. So that's Excel. Excel? I don't know. I'm I'm typing it into Excel. It's in cell one ninety nine. Oh god, don't. <laughs> a A one ninety nine to be clear, not X one ninety nine. Uh, just A one ninety nine. Alright, well I didn't like that one so much. Can we talk about one that I like a little more? <laughs> well Adam, have you heard the news? Uh yes, the invisible woman has vanished. Wow, I'm writing that down. <laughs> Uh, I just I, I love the I love the irony in that it's yeah. a great title for something. Well, uh, it's also the title of X Factor two hundred to two hundred and two, uh, a an, a mystery with Franklin and uh, Valeria Richards. The the Invisible Woman has indeed vanished. Reed Richards has been replaced by something uh, claiming to be Reed Richards, which you know happens periodically, and. Uh, I don't know. X-Factor Investigations on the case. Yeah, so Pad writes this one again. Uh, ben Kinsano and Marco Santucci uh, do the pencils on this one. And there's a backup story with uh, Carl Malone mm-hmm. uh, doing doing some pencils as well. This is this is the renumbering of X-Factor. Uh, it, right, it inherited right, right, its original right. numbering at 200. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
And it decided to say, you know what? We've we've pitched ourselves as the noir book. Let's do a big noir story, but Marvel style. <laughs> and man, I got to say, if you're just going to read one issue, read 200 because you're going to get The Thing versus Shatterstar and Strong Guy, which is pretty yeah, awesome. We, we need to talk about that because it's good. I forgot that Shatterstar <laughs> rules, actually. Like, here's the thing. Charlie, I know you're listening. I know you selected this for a reason. And hear me out before you start yelling at me and say I want to watch, you know, like Orange Cassidy not try very hard at a wrestling. Uh, but Shatterstar just hasn't appeared in a lot of comics recently. And when he has, it hasn't been my favorite version of the Shatterstar. Uh, but in this when he's very excited about watching the Russell Crowe movie Gladiator <laughs> yeah. uh, and then reenacting the Russell Crowe movie Gladiator. I'm like, oh, no, I'm all for that. I'm okay with this one. This sounds great. It's such an unexpected fight. Like, of all the different combinations that you could possibly have in a Marvel hero battle, the idea that Shatterstar and The Thing are going to go up against each other with giant dumbbells, like... <laughs> and just like bash each other and Shatterstar kicks his butt and is yelling are you not entertained it's so great is this not what you are here for <laughs> oh it's that that part's good that part that part's great uh I like I like Ben Grimm getting just beat up because Ben Grimm doesn't like stay down which is perfect for Ben Grimm that's that's what he's there for yeah yeah uh, because you it's, think, it's you think it's going to be just a big guy fight. And you've seen a million of those. You think Strong Guy and The Thing are going to duke it out. But instead, it turns into Shatterstar being like, I want to fight a rock man so bad. <laughs> and and if you were waiting for Strong Guy versus The Thing, you still get it. That continues on to 201. Um, but this gets a, a lot more complicated. Uh, Shatterstar shows off his, uh, his teleportation powers and the crew has to go off and uh, and head off to Latveria to solve the case. Yeah, and this is where it falls apart for me. Because uh, the case is kind of dumb, I think, actually. Well, Reed Richards has been buried, um, which they well, discover at on, the end of on, 201. Hold on, Regular Reed Richards has been buried. Reed Richards is also in the Baxter building. Uh and his kids are like, this isn't dad. This is not yeah. what our dad does. He doesn't know what my stuffed animals look like. And he's acting creepy. Yeah. And it turns out that that Reed Richards is actually Dr. Doom from an alternate universe that possessed Reed Richards. Uh, and then Dr. Doom uh, was like, hey, you, you want to fight the Fantastic Four or Dr. Doom? You know, the good bad one with the metal mask. It's like you want to you want to screw with the Fantastic Four? Fine with me. I love I love it when people mess with those guys. That's my jam. Oh, you you want to be really gross and mean? Hey, I'm gonna kidnap Sue. Uh, and she's gonna stay in my castle for a little bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna let her have fantasies about hooking up with a fish man. Uh, and then oh my my assistant Layla Miller here, who is definitely my assistant now, uh, will help us out. And don't be weird. Just kill the Fantastic Four if you want. You can't. I've tried a lot. You're not going to be able to do it, but knock yourself out. It'll be fun to watch. 
it's it's so unnecessarily complicated like this whole idea of sue having this uh this psychic projection and layla miller being there is sort of a how long has she been there he claims that she's been there for a year well she disappears at the end of uh i think 50 somewhere around there uh because uh oh you you've not read x factor have you no i'm just picking up these things in chunks here Okay, I'm going to spoil the end of the best uh, chunk of X-Factor. Uh, Adam, you're, are you familiar with a character named Lucas Bishop? Oh, I sure am. We've met. <laughs> you know how Lucas Bishop uh, came to power as a member of the XSE after the Summer's Rebellion? Yes. Okay, so uh, anyway, Jimmy Madrix was part of the Summer's Rebellion. <laughs> well, right, he and he... Ends up in the he, he and Layla do a summer's rebellion, right? And then Layla right. gets split off when they uh, go back in time to regular time, yeah. And then she ends yeah. up in Latveria because she knows stuff and she knows she has to be in Latveria, which is, I guess, why Doctor Doom suddenly is an amazing Da Vinci level painter. <laughs> no, that's just what Doctor Doom does. I'm sorry, Adam. Are you hold on? Are you shocked when Doctor Doom's like, oh no, I'm good at things? <laughs> I'm. I, I'm never shocked when he's like a scientific genius. I just had no idea he had artistic talent. He's Doom. Doom is good. <laughs> but good at oil painting? Question mark. Yes. Yes, Adam. Doom is good at everything. That's his character. He was introduced. He was introduced to the Fantastic Four as A, I run a country. Two, I'm a super genius to you know challenge Reed Richards. Three, I'm also a pretty good wizard. <laughs> That's Doom from Jump Street. So don't tell me he can't say, also, I'm really good at art. Have you tried this? It's just like split fast root, put the paint on there. It's great. Well, he uh he does do a pretty good Mona Lisa with Layla as his model. Um she also then distracts Shatterstar as the team goes back to uh Mutant Town and uh Shatterstar is stranded there in Latveria, at least for the moment, at the end of this arc. Uh, something happens that all gets worked out it's fine yeah so uh, as, a, as an arc it's not really great but as a one issue 200 is pretty great <laughs> 200 pretty good uh it's has it has a really good backup with uh with siren mm-hmm. uh and john maddox the 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 madrox who became a pastor and has a good life and is like <laughs> right. i don't want to stop being this mm-hmm. yeah uh, that part's great. Um, in honor of St. Patrick's Day today, Siren does take on her father's name as Banshee and does come to terms with his death. He gets better. Not in this issue. Not in this issue, but she does finally come to terms with his death, which had been a running plot line in X-Factor, where she said, I mean, he's an X-Man. He's probably going to come back to life in like a year, so I shouldn't really mourn him, right? Uh, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. Vulcan hit him with an airplane. Oh man! Which gets yeah, brought up was... in uh, our next uh, storyline, but we're not there yet. Um, I did like this better than Excel, though. Did you? Our conversation. Before... I like two... Yeah, I like two hundred better. Yeah, I think the art is definitely better it. here. Correct. Like I, I feel uh, like yeah. I can understand what's going on a lot more, but it's definitely darker like the 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 way it's colored the inking is a lot heavier um everything kind of feels like it's at night 
which I realize it is, but yeah, that's probably why Adam. I mean, if you if you say it like that, so why if the sun is down, is everything dark? All right, go ahead. Look, you're the one who is a master of light and shadow. I am just a, uh, I am just a plebeian looking at your, uh, what are they, artistic walkthroughs on Twitter saying, <laughs> man, I should try this, and then I don't. I've done two. Um, I, hopefully I'll have done a couple more by the time this airs, but um, I wouldn't call them masterful by any stretch. So do you like this better or worse than Excel? I'm willing to go higher, but not that much higher. Like I'm looking, I'm looking up at the list. I don't think this is better than 176. Long shot saves the Marvel universe. Oh, I was looking lower than that. Like I don't think this is as good as the cocaine arc of Wolverine. <laughs> I, I, we haven't used that as a ceiling in a while, but I, I don't know. Like you're, you're right. <laughs> I don't think this is better than Legion Quest. Uh no, uh, no, 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 no. Definitely not. This is where do we have this Legion is Quest? probably bitter. Right, right after cocaine, we have it right, oh, right after cocaine. There it is. Sorry, I was hiding. Uh, I I would say this is better than one ninety five, which is X Men Black Mojo. I would too. How do you think it stacks up against Champions Twelve? Probably a little worse than Champions 12. All That's right. got some good Cyclops in it. All right, so this is our new 194. Is it better than iMagneto? What was iMagneto again? It's the one where they attack his octopus base. And he he fights and almost kills Kitty Pride, And he's like, oh, no. Oh, right. This isn't better than iMagneto. This goes right below that, but above X-Men Black Mojo. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. There we go. I... I I said that out loud, and then I realized that, oh, no, that story's better than that. That story as an arc also has some issues, but, like, that part of 150 where Magneto comes to terms with what he's become and starts his big arc into being a, a anti-villain, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's, that's, that's that good X-Men stuff. So... Before we went on the air, uh, you mentioned that you feel like Peter David's X Factor is kind of like a uh, a sliding scale, like starts off great and then kind of goes downhill from there. Uh, That being said, like I had the most fun with this third story, um, which is just ridiculous. (laughs) Which one is this? It's they keep killing Madrox. (laughs) 229 to 232. And boy, do they. Yeah, this is, uh, again, two-time Glad Award of Peter Allen David, uh, Pad. He does write this one with uh, Emanuela Lupacino doing the pencils on, is it all four of them? It is I all four so. of them. Yeah, and Guillermo Ortego is doing inks, and Matt Miller is doing colors. Great. Matt Miller also there. colors that Spider-Man book that my son my son. Uh, oh, really? Likes. That's great. Yeah, I am he does loving good this. Emmanuel's artwork is terrific in this to me. Yeah, this is Regenesis era. Uh, in fact, this is right as Regenesis, and they essentially take a one issue aside to check in on X Factor as a team and tie them into Regenesis. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. get that Wolverine and the X Men check in with uh, Logan showing up in the second issue. 
Logan showing up and saying, "Hey guys, uh, by the way, I heard I heard your team leader's gone. That's weird. Hey, you want these two bozos to join your book? It's Havoc and Polaris." Ba 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 ba. But that is not the story that we're following for the most part in this arc, which is that uh, Madrox is having a bit of a rough time because every time he dies, he is popping into the body of a dupe who exists in an alternate dimension. And if you think that sounds like some Matthew Rosenberg, multiple man miniseries uh, baloney that Adam is on board for, you are correct. It's odd because I'm not on board for it. And I oh, think that's really, the, it's so much fun. I, I don't have fun with this. Cause okay. Here's, here's the thing. So the first universe it's uh, Jamie Madrox's wedding night with Layla Miller. You know her. She knows stuff. He met her when she was a preteen. Now Implications. In... Yeah, I don't she... I never. I can't get behind that. That's so weird. Yeah, she's a she's a fully consensual adult at this point. Uh, but still, just the fact that. The fact that the book. OK, so, 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 so X Factor. Pretty close to the beginning of the uh, run has Layla saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to marry Jamie. But you start to think of it as like, oh, this is just a weird, cute thing that kids say because she's a kid and a child. Mm. Then she gets aged up into a woman. Yeah. Yeah. And then she does marry Jamie. And this this issue starts on her their wedding night when she's murdered uh, by Rain's child, uh, Vanor. Only we yeah. find out that this yeah. is actually Earth 7153, not 616. Right, because right. Jamie runs down into the reception, starts telling his teammates about this, and finds out that Banshee's alive. Uh, everybody's having a, a good, peaceful time, and uh, <laughs> Rain's daughter is not her son. Yeah. Uh... I'm trying to remember. I just don't remember in terms of X Factor in general if uh, Rain's child Tear had been born yet. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't That's know. She was praying well, No, Jamie does indicate that that the child is wrong. Like he does say, "Okay, that, so you have a son." Um, okay, if Tear was born, that makes sense. Yeah, that was that was a few issues beforehand. It looks yeah. like. We're also introduced to this really fun idea that in almost every other world, um, when Jamie has a dupe, they have superpowers. <laughs> they have yeah, unique he's superpowers. not thrilled with that. He's like, come on, man. Yeah, he's very ticked off that it's not the case in his world. So, um, you know, to, to advance the story, he continues to die and hop into these other bodies. Um, he ends up in kind of like a, a post-apocalyptic... Um, no more humans world, which I thought was kind of interesting where Iron Man is the resistance and Deathlock at Captain America is, uh, <laughs> is the villain. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. And then, then he goes to mystic Dormammu world. Yes. Yes. Where uh, Dormammu is the sorcerer Supreme. Um, I don't, I don't know. I thought this was so much fun. <laughs> Okay, can we talk? Can we talk about the most uncomfortable thing that happens in this story that happens right at the very end? Oh, I don't like that at all. Yeah, throughout Layla has been keeping the Madrox from six one six on ice, and when he finally in in, in, in a morgue, 
in a mortuary on a slab in a cabinet. Yeah, in a in a basically a, a bucket of ice, and then uh, he is rescued by the uh, the doctor. Well, no, he's not the Doctor Strange. It's another Madrox, right? That's that's the other sorcerer who's been training sure. this Madrox, or I don't know. That part's a little unclear to me. Helps him go back sure. to six. Magic, magic and... sorcerer Jamie Jamie gets back in his body and Yeah. There's a there's a scene between him and Layla. So this, this Him and Layla, his was... loving partner, regardless of the super, super, super weird age gap between them. And yes, they're both adults at the time. No, it's not not weird. Uh, they do they do fornicate in a morgue on a slab where Jamie had just been recently resting his dead body, and oh, I don't like that. <laughs> it's it's a lot. I just don't. I just had like what you doing here. <laughs> I've never, never liked that concept of aging up Layla and having the two of them together. I realize that this is, it's something that's still in continuity. It popped up back up in the, uh, in the multiple man mini, but I just, I can't wrap my head around it. And and I just don't want to pay attention to that part. Can I ask you a question, Adam? Adam, Yeah, yeah, sure. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, go ahead. Is there anything? Has there ever been a time when they've aged up a character who was a child into not being a child and it was good, actually? Because I can think of literally one. I mean, and that's it. Maybe Shogo in Battle of the Atom, but he was. No, because that was time travel. He didn't stick around. He was just like, hey, I'm Shogo from the future. I'm pretty neat. Bye, mom. (laughs) That was like, here's a hug. I'm outie. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of that many examples, but I'm sure they're all terrible. Only thing I can think of is magic. And she wasn't really a character beforehand. Well, yeah, she was kind of off panel, like Moppet, right? So, uh, yeah, I think Kitty told her a story once and then she got trapped in limbo and they were like, hey, by the way, I'm a cool teenage witch now. Call me Sabrina. Peace. I have a cool sword. (laughs) This is so different. I mean, you, you get you get dozens of issues with Layla Miller, lots of continuity with her as a young kid. And so it's extremely uncomfortable seeing her, um, you know, in this situation, which I realize is by, you know, her consensual adult design. But just as a concept, it just it, it raises too many questions for me. And I don't it is, like OK, it. OK, here's the thing we have to keep in mind. She's a made-up fictional character, so Peter David is deciding for her to do all these things when he wrote her for, like, 40 issues as a small, petite child. Yeah. So that's yeah. weird. That's like, y'all remember you all remember the final season of Game of Thrones when Arya had a sex scene? And we were all like, yes, we know that she is an adult woman and fully capable of making all of her own decisions and having full bodily autonomy. But also we remember when she was like nine. So it is kind of weird to see her boating down. Yeah. Oh boy. All right. Listen, I realize that that part of the story is not 
really uh, something that we even want to engage with. However, I too bad we spent five minutes on it, Adam. I know, I know, and I'm I'm sad about that because the rest of this is a lot of fun. Like, there's these great alternate worlds. We get all of these different ideas about Jamie, and it's it's a good time. Like, this is the kind of stuff I like to see with Multiple Man. It's the same reason that I really enjoyed the Multiple Man mini. Obviously, this is not on par with that. Um, but the artwork. No, that one's good, actually. But the artwork is fantastic, and I I sincerely enjoyed reading this. Um, I, I feel like you have a lot more reservations about it than I do. I do, and I'm going to start by asking you a question. Yeah, go ahead. And I want you to answer it honestly. Yeah, go ahead. Do you really think that this is better than the time that Ghost Rider, Wolverine, and Punisher teamed up to fight Blackheart? No, of course not. Good, because that's not that much <laughs> higher up than the other stories we've talked about today. The Hearts of Darkness at 174. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not arguing that this is like superior. I just think of the three, it has the best artwork. Um, and it was the most fun of the three stories, save for the very uncomfortable way that the arc ends. Uh, can, I, can I tell you just... Honestly, and I know this is going to be so on brand, but I can't help it. Yeah, go ahead. Like, Glob loves me and kills better. I think Ed Brisson did a better job on that time where Glob had Bob strapped to him because he wanted to impress a girl. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. and right above that is uh, Brood Trouble and the Big Easy. I think that's better. I think Yeah, but that's not as fun to say. I think Perceptions is better um, at 183. That, time child, is, that Spider-Man yeah. child murder story. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's a better story than this. Um as is it's, Gambit Volume One. One eighty seven is the Neil Adams Savage Land arc with Sauron, which Adam, you weren't there. You weren't there on the last day of C2E2, where I did break down and buy a uh, original arc of uh of Glob Herman in Sauron from Wolverine and the X-Men number twenty-eight, where uh Glob Herman gets uh, taken away by Sauron to the Hellfire Academy and then immediately <laughs> questions all of the decisions he's made in life. I love that. That was an excellent purchase. Um, I couldn't stop myself. And person person, uh, person on this podcast who has made this episode happen, Charlie Davis, did yell at me to get me to buy the Ding Dang thing. <laughs> I think you did the right thing. Um, now... Yeah. Is this better than the time in X-Men 39 where Adam X the Extreme went camping? I mean, probably, yes. All right. Um, so but I love that one more. Yeah. Like, there, there's a difference. It's better, but I, I, I also love that Adam X goes camping story. Yeah. I, I think I would put this ahead of uh, 186. We have X-Men Origins, Jean Grey 1. Okay, but I I will put up. I'm putting a hard ceiling on Gambit Volume One and a soft ceiling on that X Men Annual from 2007. That's like kind of just there, but is like good the entire time. It's just there. Yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah. So this could be our new 186. This is our new 186 because Adam, they keep killing Madrox. They just <laughs> they just keep killing Madrox. They keep killing him until he wakes up in the morgue and does something we don't like. They keep killing Madrox, Adam. You know who keeps killing Madrox? 
Who? J.M. Dematius keeps killing Madrox. You know who keeps killing Madrox? Peter David keeps killing Madrox. You know who keeps killing Madrox? Charles Soule and Jeff Lemire keep killing Madrox. You know who keeps killing Madrox? Who? Matthew Rosenberg keeps killing Madrox. <laughs> they keep killing Madrox. Well, it's easy. He's got dupes. He does have the easiest resurrection power. <laughs> oh, man. You know, anyway, you know, that was fun. A... And a good excuse to, to read a bunch of XFI that I had not read. Yeah, I keep telling myself I should start from the beginning and just read XFI. Because here's the thing about XFI. Yeah. People hold it up as like this run they loved in all this stuff and they think it's one of the best. And I totally disagree with that. I think XFI is more or less like, it's good. It's okay. The entire time. And it, it holds a nice, steady ranking of, it's good. It's okay. For like a hundred issues. And that's tough to do. Hey, I give it credit. I mean, it's doing what it's set out to do. I, I don't know if it's my cup of tea. I And which I wish i liked it more because what i do read i really like the cast um cast is great you know cast is great but do you know what we didn't talk about in pretty much any of these three stories what's that what the cast is up to what they're doing yeah because because they're just they're just i have one line about my personality because there's 20 of them Mm. yeah it is a big cast it's a big cast Oh. It's not a bad cast, though. Pip the Troll's in some of these. Pip oh, the Troll sucks. Pip the though. Troll showed up at one point. I remember you telling me about that, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, why? he's their secretary. <laughs> uh, there's also, oh, I forgot about this. There's a really great one panel about Longshot and Dazzler sexting, and I just died. <laughs> it's very good. Longshot's very, very casual about his relationship to his wife. And it's tragic because Dazzler remembers all this stuff, but Longshot Longshot doesn't. No idea. And Dazzler, Uh, I think, has just accepted. Well, this is unhealthy for me to do, but he is very attractive. Yeah, I just thought that was funny. I was, I was, that was like blown away by that. Why? Oh no, it's worth laughing about. Uh, So I think we should thank a friend of the show, Charlie Davis, for letting us laugh about this. Uh, Charlie, Charlie, as you, thanks, Charlie. Uh, as you know, they went on over to Patreon.com, gave us some money, and said, guys, in these trying times, I would like you to talk about X-Factor. And that's it. That's all they did. Y'all know the thing. Uh, there's rewards. You can get early episodes of the show uh, at the $5 or higher level. You can also vote on other stories that we may or may not be covering uh, in each episode. Uh, so, you know what? You can uh, you can go on over to or to Xavier Files Patreon thing and do good things. Also, XavierFiles.com has all the latest and greatest of articles. We just did a little bit of a fresh coat of paint on this site. Uh, make it a le- little easier to organize some of those articles and find the content you crave. Yeah, so maybe good, go check man. that looks out. Looks it's real okay. Good. I did it over my lunch break. There's one thing. There's one thing. There's one thing I'm still trying to sort out from a CSS standpoint, and I haven't <laughs> tried very hard, but here's the secret, Adam. I'm working from home. Ah, so I can just do stuff. Very clever. I know. I know. In these trying <laughs> times. Also, so you can go on over so. to the uh, Xavier Files Twitter at Xavier Files, and that has all the latest and greatest stuff. Also, the latest and greatest X Men comics that I feel like tweeting about. It's what it is. Uh, Adam, what do you got going on? 
Um, I guess most of the stuff I'm doing lately is on Twitter. So uh, follow me at Arthur Stacy. I've been doing animated. I did an animated uh, GIF of um, iBoy doing the uh, white guy blinking um, recently. Yeah, it's very good. I have. I did make sure that that got put up on the uh, on the Giphy j- database of all the GIFs. Oh, I put it up too. Uh, that, I don't know if it's searchable yet, but um, I'm I mean, sure they come put, in handy. I put, I put the tags blinking, what, huh, <laughs> that guy that blinks a lot, iBoy <laughs> in X-Men. So y'all should be able to find that one way or another. It's incredibly good. Well, I, mine is, I think, just okay. Uh, Karen Charm um, got commissioned by our, our friend Tom to do one of uh, Sure Jan, but it's uh, the White Queen talking to Jean in uh, Morrison's new X-Men run. And boy, that's really beautiful. Um, so can I, I say inspired. something that's weird and probably the biggest difference between you and me, Adam, and how you can tell that we are several years apart? Yeah. You call her the White Queen automatically. Like, as a default, you think of her as the White Queen, and as a default, I think of her as Emma Frost. Oh. I, okay. I don't know. Do I do that? You do constantly, and it's just interesting. It's not hmm. bad. It just... it It shows... It shows when we started reading X-Men and where Emma was at those times. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Uh, Speaking of which, what are we talking about next week, Zach? Not New Mutants! (laughs) Oh, right. We were supposed to do New Mutants. God darn it. Guys, guys, literally, literally, (sighs) one of the first episodes we started planning when we started this podcast over two years ago. Nearly the, three years ago. was the Demon was like, Bear episode. It's like, oh, yeah, guys, New Mutants movie's coming out. We should do a Demon Bear episode. Oh uh, and we were going to do it next week. But, you know, worldwide pandemic. So. Understandable. That's, this time. That's going to come when it comes. We're going to talk about Demon Bear at some point, And I'm excited because it's good. Uh, but we're not. We're going to talk about some stories about Russia. Mm, Mother Russia. Oh, yes, Maharaja. Mm. Ech, comrade. Sounds like you said Maharaja. Uh... Mother Russia. <laughs> Give me some vodka. Vodka, comrade. Vodka Red Bulls. So we, we will... Vodka Red Bulls for days. <laughs> Stop. We will pour some vodka shots on the ground uh, in, in honor of the New Mutants movie not coming out. So join us then. Celebrate Great Bear. <laughs> No, that's Jewish. I guess there's Jewish Russian people. That's part sure. of it. But I I don't think saying Lakayam is part of Russian culture. I'm pretty sure it's Salut. I don't know. But we'll figure oh, it out I before next week. <laughs> no, we won't. We're just going to read these X-Men stories <laughs> about Russia. But, guys, until then, this has been Battle of the Atom. And we hope you survived the experience. <laughs>